It is August 1st, 2018. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I am joined by Mr. Justin Labar. Justin, how's it going? Good. Welcome back. How was Philadelphia? Oh, it was hot as hell, man. How do you deal with that East Coast uh, sweltering heat and the humidity? Humidity at all times. Yeah, it's uh, something else, man. Ah, so it's August 1st. We're going to talk about SmackDown for July 31st last night. Of course, it's been 36 hours since we learned uh, the perhaps life-changing news that Mr. Raj Giri has never seen the movie The Goonies. Really? Yeah, and it's just it's taking its toll on the Wrestling Inc. fan community. Can I make a confession? Absolutely. Neither have I. What the hell? <laughs> and you call yourselves journalists. I don't call myself a journalist. A commentator, an authority on life, <laughs> something. How have you never seen the goodies? How old are you, Justin? Uh, I'll be 31 later this year. Oh, okay, you're young. Raj is my age. Same age as Matt Morgan. Matt, Raj, and I are all the same age. Really? Yes. 31? How'd you get dealt that hand? Like, because I would have guessed, like, you know. I know I know, I don't have no hair, but still. Yeah, you look very mature, as it were. He just called me old. He said I look yeah. old. Well, you're 31. You know, for you, that's, I guess, like someone saying, like, oh, I've never seen The Mighty Ducks or I'm, The Sandlot. That's yeah. true. I, 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 that makes sense to me. 30 and a half right now. But yes, like, yeah, oh, you grow up with The Sandlot. You grow up with The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, see, it's different. The Goonies was a cultural touchstone for uh, my generation. Like, I'm aware of The Goonies. I just never sat down and just watched it. It's just one of those things. This is very interesting. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. I'm not saying it's the best film of all time, but it's a hard film to not enjoy. Okay. Well, maybe... Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll take another advisement next time. Yes. I'm really searching for something to watch. WrestleMania, Wrestling Inc., Goonies Meetup 2019. <laughs> well, if, if if the people are reacting the way you're saying after the revelation on Monday with Raj, you could probably get some people to show up for a uh, I was for, surprised. For a watch. I was surprised. Matt, Matt Morgan is not a passionate man about many things. But Raj, having seen the Goonies, evoked something within him. <laughs> Well, just don't don't tell Matt that I'm part of that club. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't well, need, you're younger. You, you get a bit of a pass. Uh, so last night, SmackDown Live, man, uh, opened up with that promo. Charlotte and Becky out there in the ring. Or pardon me, Carmella and Becky out there in the ring, uh, only to be uh, interrupted later after some Carmella shenanigans. Let's let's walk this through beat by beat. So Carmella's out there. Carmella gives a, what seems like a heartfelt promo to Becky Lynch about their match at SummerSlam. And then uh, we get the turn. We get the turn, and then Charlotte comes out and saves the day. Given the outcome last night and Charlotte being added to that match at SummerSlam, it being turned into a triple threat, how do you feel about Becky's trajectory now in light of that? I still feel good because, I mean, I've been saying I was expecting this not to be one-on-one. I was expecting it to be. I still I still don't think that it won't necessarily not be a fatal four-win. They won't find a way to have, you know, they won't, Carmella won't start lipping off again to Paige and they won't put her against Asuka and then she, and then Asuka will beat her. I mean, you know, I, you know, but so I'm not surprised that Charlotte's in it. Um, I thought the opening promo was, was, was good. I thought it was, it was nice to see that rather than just the same old Carmella come out and just do trash talking. It was kind of cool that she tried to put on the facade and, and speak, uh, you know, she, she dropped the, the you know her her thick accent you know she kind of you know try to try to be real about it uh, and I thought in, within the promo it also actually did um, remind people okay how you know we put Becky over basically uh, so I thought that was good and then yeah of course the turn came at the end with a you know, nice little uh, you know nice swerve there with the James Ellsworth music hitting so I, I thought those, it was a good a good opening promo I thought it, I thought it hit everything that needed to hit and obviously it set up what would be the you know, the main event for the night Carmella almost had me for a moment last night. 
similar to how I think Alexa, what was it at, uh, after um, Illumination Chamber? You know, Alexa, occasionally you'll kind of like buy into it a little bit, even though it's it's uh, sort of textbook for her at this point. I thought with Carmella, there was, there was, I mean, they really had her go down that path last night of being sincere. Yeah. No, I, again, I thought it was a really good start. And it was just, it was, it was better again than just the same old, same old of champ comes out and just trash talks, you know, because we're getting that enough. We're getting that with some mojo. We're getting, you know, we get that enough. So it's nice when they, when they try to do just something, you know, I don't want to say overly creative, but just something a little bit different. And, and it was cool to hear that little, that that side of Carmella, and again, it does put Becky Lynch over, and you know, and Becky, you know, she's been on a roll these last two months, three months, whatever it's been now, but still, you know, has had some stop and goes with WWE. So it was good to have the champion and Carmella putting over, saying why Becky is worthy. Yeah, and uh, it was nice to see Charlotte back. So I, I think it could very well end up a fatal four way because if not, what in the hell are they doing with Oscar? Um, little promo. From the Usos last night, words for the bar in advance of their match in the slag, uh, SummerSlam Tag Team Tournament match. Um, what did you think of that promo with the Usos? I really like that style and how they shot that with the low camera and backstage. It was very different, very striking, and uh, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I liked it. They've done that before with the Usos, where they, you know, where they, when they're especially when they're popping words on the screen and then they kind of walk into the light. Um, you know, I like the promo. I think it's creative. You know, WWE's been doing more and more backstage stuff, especially this past week. Um, with obviously the repeat backstage stuff with Brock Lesnar and, um, you know, just doing more than just the typical, okay, here's them walking to the ring, they're coming up next. We, you know, we're seeing a little bit more um, backstage stuff, trying to give it a different feel, which I think, uh, you know, is always always refreshing as much WWE programming as there is. But yeah, Uso's promo, Uso's always, you know, Uso's like The Miz, like James Ellsworth, you know, just guys that are reliable if we handle the microphone. So I catch a couple of sort of rock homages in that Uso's promo last night. Um, I don't remember. I remember enjoying it, but I remember word for word. Uh, yeah, there was something in there that was kind of like, oh, that was interesting. Uh, I think uh, they use some of the similar terminology. But what have you heard about that, about The Rock coming back? Any any more news? Well, I mean, I can tell you they, they wanted him at WrestleMania, and I think that they wanted him at WrestleMania, and he would have done a spot with uh, Elias. So take that for what you want. So I think it's, 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 it's inevitable that we're going to see The Rock obviously pop back up again. Uh, obviously, his schedule is the biggest, um, the biggest obstacle. Uh, but I, I I don't think it's a coincidence that you know Elias not only this past Monday in his uh, song, but also you know, he's done it in media interviews. He's 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 called out the Rock. So th those things in WWE usually aren't uh, by accident. You know whether or not something truly will pan, you know whether or not we actually will get a, a, a Rock versus Elias at some point. Again, things can always change. I mean, how they 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 teased briefly years ago. If anybody remembers this, Brock Lesnar and The Rock. They had Brock Lesnar walking through the WWE headquarters in Stanford, and he stopped and did a little stare at the Brock versus Rock poster from SummerSlam years mm. ago. So, but it never it never came to fruition because The Rock then was not allowed to wrestle because uh, insurance and movie studios didn't want him because he got hurt. Uh, you know, from his last match with John Cena, I think. So they always tease these things. Whether or not it comes to fruition, I don't know, but I can tell you that it's not by accident. Absolutely. Uh, the Usos versus the Bar last night with the Bar picking up the win going on in the tournament to face uh, what the New Day next week to earn that shot against the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam. Uh, how do you feel with uh, the Bar being back after their their break once they came over to SmackDown? I like I like those guys. I think they make a great I think they're a good fit. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Everybody wants to see Cesaro have. Um... You know, a real big singles push that you know we've been waiting for a long time. I don't know if it's if, if that time has come and gone. If this is just what his fate's going to be here on out, but uh, you know, I think that they make a good pair. You know, the two European guys they have similar interests. They're good friends outside of it. I think they have a nice presentation all together. They're good in the ring. So, you know, I, I'm fine with it. And quite frankly, you know, I I like the Usos, but it's kind of like 
it's kind of like the same with the New Day. You've seen it over and over. And granted, we've seen the bar as champions, but I don't know. I feel like Usos are a little bit more redundant. They've been around longer as a team, so you know, I'm fine. If I had to pick one or the other, I would I would have picked. I think I did pick the bar prior to the match starting, and I'm happy to see it. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely use something given that they came over to SmackDown and then disappeared for a while. Yeah. Uh, speaking of disappearing, what's going on with Sanity? I don't know. <laughs> great, great question. You know, I missed it, last week, so you know, I, I have not watched last week's episode. Yeah, I mean, it just um, it just seems like you know. I, I think I talked about it with Raj last week. It, it it goes back to what I said when they first came up, and people were mad that Nikki didn't come with them. And I said, no, it's <clears throat> it's a similar situation as when Carmella didn't come with Enzo and Cass. Leave her down there in NXT to get more reps and to get more development, and it's probably going to work out for her better. Uh, and sure enough, it has. I mean, Sanity has just been there's just been no. I like the crazy things they're doing production-wise with their entrance. You know, they're, they're shooting it from different angles that they wouldn't normally do, and they're doing this rapid you know, camera switching. Uh, but once the bell starts, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, commitment from that point on with them. Well, I'm just going to come up with my own story last week for what happened with Sanity on TV, why we didn't okay. see them this week. Maybe Killian Dane was like, you know, I've got an uncle. He's got a, a cabin in the Catskills. Guys, <laughs> we all deserve a vacation. Sanity summer. Catskills, here we come. And there's, uh, are they sitting in the Catskills watching the Goonies? Yes, and the vignettes of Killing Dane just rubbing sunscreen all over that hairy body. All right, now you're getting too graphic. Yeah, well, his body hair really just, I'm, I'm fixated on it. Like, I can't take my eyes away. I can't say the same thing, but okay. What, I mean, what, what, whatever, whatever you look forward to on SmackDown is your. No, best. it's not what I look forward to. I mean, it's just, it's just, it draws my attention, and then I am just, just sitting there, just staring at it, trying to see the pattern in it, and thinking, how did it even get that way? I mean, like, just shave it or do something. I don't know. It just, it bugs me. But yeah, sanity off in the Catskills for the summer. You know, they deserve some me time. Uh, the Bar advancing in the tag team tournament, and. Uh, yeah, we'll see who faces the Bludgeon Brothers. Got that backstage promo. Now my wife is on the bandwagon, by the way. My wife giving me crap, much like the Wrestling Inc. Uh, fan base. My wife goes, honey, come here. It's Luke Harper and his soulful eyes. Thanks. I'm like, I stand by that comment, but still. Uh, well, at least, she's, at least she's paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I thought the Bludgeon Brothers... Do you th- do you, okay, so do you think the bar is going to win the titles? at SummerSlam. No, I don't. Um, I don't. I, 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 and I only because I feel like this, you know, we, again, because the bar has been there, done that. So I don't see them winning. I, you know, I feel like I, I don't know what the, I, I, I don't mind the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, I, I, you know, we can nitpick the, the goofiness of some of their, you know, the, the masks and the, the ring gear or whatever. But really when it comes down to it, they're two big guys that can move and I mean, obviously Harper's the better of the two, but you know, I like it. You know, I like the music and everything. It's just kind of like I don't know what like I, I don't I don't I can't see the future for them. Like, okay, so they're gonna I think they'll retain the titles at SummerSlam. I just I don't know what the future is. You know, like, like I said, sanity, there's not been much commitment so far to them. Uh you know, Uso's redundant, New Day redundant. Um I, I just I don't know I and I don't know when they're gonna do another shake up of the roster. So I it's it's I'm fine with the Bludgeon Brothers holding on to the titles. I just don't see like any real path of excitement for what's next. Well, you know. I'll say this with their new gear and the gimmick being a little better and more refined. I think SummerSlam is their make or break match. Like if they don't get over in that SummerSlam match, I think that it's off to be repackaged, tweaked, revamped and off TV for a while. I think if they come out there and they're dominant, the crowd reacts to them. I think this takes them to the next level of their career and we probably get a good sanity Bludgeon Brothers feud. Well, you, but you say that obviously before they walk out there, they're gonna have to have the finish of the match known whether they're winning or losing. So I mean, like, do you think yeah. they 
do you think they win the titles and then WWE decides, okay, it went well, so we'll keep it on for a while, or if it went bad, we'll drop them in a week? Yeah, I mean, I think though they will look at what the reaction is there in that moment. I think I, I now I do think obviously it will be predetermined probably for them to win, but they're going to see how that goes because look, you can't be the champs. They've been the champs since what Mania, like so thereabouts. Yeah, I mean, you can't be the champs and just be kind of like, eh, well, master cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're they're doing what they're given. I mean, I you know, yeah. it, it, it it's not like. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing what they're doing what they're given and in the TV time and what have you. I mean it's not like I don't know. It's not, I don't think they've underperformed in the opportunity that they've been given. I, I think they're they're good in the ring, their intensity. They they have again they have a standout look. Um, you know I, I it's you know you also have to watch too making you know, if this was actually a true thing that was happening. You'd have, you'd have to be very careful wanting to have SummerSlam be the make or break. I mean yeah, that crowd's a, a different kind of that, that that's a, this is your most uh, you know, harsh crowd in some regards in New York. So uh, they could, something could have happened in the match before that they could get hung up on and they'll just start to hijack the show if that comes to it. So I wouldn't. Sure, there I, could I would, be a beach ball. Well, that's what I mean, right. You know, I mean, depending on depending on what match goes before that and what happens, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to say what the crowd will be doing by the time that tag match goes on. I mean, this is the crowd that I think is most uh, likely to embrace them, right? I mean, this is the crowd that was like chanting for uh, Heath Slater two years ago when he wasn't booked on SummerSlam. I think these are the guys. I mean, the Smarks should love the Bludgeon Brothers. This isn't like Roman where they're trying to get him over with. Uh... Well, I could, I could believe that and see that. I can also, I can also, I'll be there. I can also hear the whole Barclay Center chanting you know, rubber mallets I, I don't know like you know guys let's get a soulful eyes chant going that's what i'm asking justin you're going to be there in the audience you know just soulful eyes soulful eyes i'll, I'll see what i can do and vince mcmahon will be like what in the hell are they saying you know it'll be awesome it'll be a good time soulful eyes <laughs> i feel like i feel like we should have like some, some saxophone playing behind that yeah, so careless whisper. Just yes, like, exactly. <laughs> so flies. That could be. See, beware what you wish for. You're talking about them being repackaged. Uh, you know, packaged up again. I mean, look, if uh, you know, if they if they did sexual chocolate with Mark Henry, they could do soulful flies, Luke Harper. I want him to be the gentle giant. I want him to be the badass that doesn't speak, and then when he speaks, he says something poignant. You're like, oh my god. Well, he used to work. I mean, he's a very. I mean, I. He's a, I know, he's a very well-spoken guy. He used to work at a he library. Is, I mean, he, you oh know, they, my God! I mean, we were talking about the uh, what was it before they were uh, or whatever that uh, that series on YouTube. Did you watch the one on Harper? Yeah, well, I, I did. I, I you know I, I got to work with him once, and I met him about a year prior to uh, him going to WWE. And you know, I only and I only knew him as Brody Lee just by, by seeing him. You know, like the rest of us have like on. on clips or what have you so the first time i remember meeting him at a show that we were gonna start doing stuff together um you know he just yeah he was so so soft-spoken and just i mean super polite and you know just i, I guess by the look not what i expected you know what i mean no uh, he is the best actor in all of the wwe watching that uh that documentary on him and then seeing what he does character wise and yeah. similar to you he looks much older than he is <laughs> he does look much older than he is. i i was shocked because he's like what like i think he just turned 30 i mean Young, young man. Uh, I think he's a little bit older than that to double check. But yeah, I mean, he, he certainly looks older no matter what age you think he probably is. I expect him to start talking about Vietnam. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh no, 38. Still, yeah, dude yeah, looks gonna, like he's pushing 60. Yeah, I was going to say, because I knew I, th I thought he was older than 30 when I met him. That's yeah. right. So yes, 30, 30, 30, 39 later this year. Yes. He's a, 
older looking gentleman. Um, so after that, oh, that's some segues. Um, let's see. So we had uh, the tease coming up for Daniel Bryan and the Miz for Charlotte versus Carmella. Uh, before that, Samoa Joe. Okay, answer this for me. Was Samoa hmm. Joe wearing makeup last night? Uh, maybe. I mean, the the referees wore makeup. Yeah, but it was no, it was more noticeable. Normally, he has the towel. And when he does promos, he's not he's not sweating like that. But it looked like you know something was running down his face. Couldn't tell if it was just sweat or if makeup was running or what. It was distracting me the entire promo. Um, it's possible. I mean, like I said, the, the refs wear makeup. Uh, it's possible they put a little. You know, since they're going to get a close up, possibly they put a little uh, little bronzer on them. Makes sense. I was also distracted when he talked about uh, AJ Styles uh, looking his daughter in the eye. And I was there's, just like, there's a lot. One, of there's a lot of things that are that are that are throwing you off between Killian Dane's hair and and, and it's Samojo wearing makeup. You're 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 uh, quite the observationist. <laughs> Some regular Larry David. Uh, no, I like uh, you know I was listening to the details. Samojo does these promos, and his word choices are so important. It was just interesting when he said the thing about you know look your daughter in the eye, and I was like that's an interesting way to specify it. I didn't know AJ Styles' daughter, you know, perhaps only has one eye. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't catch that specifically, but I, I like the promo overall. I mean, I like you know, the promo. Just talking know. about choking AJ out, you know. Sounds like you're gonna choke there off that water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it had like a per, it had that it touched those personal buttons. That's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this match a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I have no expectation of Samoa Joe winning. Um, I don't. I, let me, I'll, I'll, let me let me phrase it this way: I have no expectation of them dropping the title off of AJ Styles. I mean, whether or not it's a a clean finish or, or some kind of a finish that can draw this out a little bit longer because uh, I don't think it's going to be the last match uh, so they can get away with that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we're looking forward to I think everybody that's ever watched these two anywhere else, you, you kind of, you know, you're excited to see it in a WWE ring. Uh, uh, that said, um, I feel like there's been a lot of, and I don't think this is AJ Styles' fault. I think this is just the fault of, uh, of just high expectations. I feel like there's been a lot of, like, grandiose expectations for AJ Styles of, like, oh, my God, him and Nakamura is going to be amazing. And, 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 I don't. I think the expectations sometimes have been almost like a little bit too unrealistic, and I feel like it, to a lot of fans, maybe myself included, some of the matches underperform of what the expectation is, and they're not bad matches, but it's just like, oh, it wasn't what I thought it would be. So I, I hope that he, and, I hope that he and Joe, given the New York crowd, will be very much behind this one. Uh, I hope that they, uh, you know, they they deliver what we all want them to deliver at the second biggest show of the year. I just want a little more story and investment on AJ Styles' part. I feel like AJ puts on these amazing matches, but with the promos, you know, they're teasing him for next week. AJ's going to respond. Samoa Joe got personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've talked about this before. It, it's kind of, they just kind of rest on him being the guy that's just so damn good. And he, you know, he's the, you know, it's, it's his house that he's built and uh, that he's just going to go out there and have phenomenal matches. And then that really is kind of the, 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 that's about as deep as it goes. That's about the, that's the deep end of the pool right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, and I think this would be the perfect kind of, um, yeah, they could have maybe done it with Nakamura, but Nakamura is not the best uh, speaker. So they they could definitely dive into this and what if they want to get personal. If they want to pull some clips up and show their past and reference TNA or Ring of Honor, they could definitely do that. And, and that, that that stuff gets gets everybody giddy and, and all that. Oh, they're talking about where they did, where they did this before. And so. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, we had Jeff Hardy out in the ring cutting a promo. Replying to uh, Randy Orton attacking him, Randy Orton, uh, man. So okay, well, let's walk through this. So Nakamura came out, they got into it. Nakamura went off, and then Orton just like proceeded to kick the crap out of Hardy some more, and like undressing him. It's 
It's really weird. They're like washing his face off. This was very extended. I was almost more comfortable with this than uh, the fingering of his ear hole, uh, <laughs> his earlobe hole the well, other uh, week. The interaction between Orton and Nakamura was weird. Like, not, like Orton stepping in front of Nakamura and then letting him go ahead and attack uh, and hit the king shot, you know, hit the finisher on um, Hardy. That was weird. But I, I, I was fine with the, 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 sadistic methodical attack that Orton did on Hardy and I and I and, and you know as he's wiping the uh, paint off of Hardy's face he's you know he was saying things basically saying no oh, this is, I'm, I'm wiping off your identity this, this is your connection with the family <laughs> you know I mean I was cool with that that's fine to me. yeah yeah I just love that they reshow the clip of him pulling you know at the piercing and everyone in the audience with the piercing like ah yeah they showed a lot it, it's it was I, there's not there's no way to really fake that <laughs> When you see yeah. the man's ear stretching, you know, that's not a, that's not a gimmick ear. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's cool or look, I, we've talked about this before. Orton at least looks emotionally invested in this. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, said it before, say it again. Guy's done so much. He's accomplished so much. So it's, it's another one of those tasks to, uh, yes. The Adele of the WWE. Yes. Yeah. The Adele. I mean, so it's, it's one of those tasks of just finding, you know, finding fresh things for him to do. And, uh, it's a little bit easier because he doesn't seem to be on a 12-month full-time schedule. He seems to come and go quite a bit now. He comes in little spurts. Um, so it's a little bit easier. I guess you get to have a break from him, and, and you know you don't have to write for him 12 months around the year. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I look forward to the match. I mean, he, you know, he and Jeff Hardy, it's hard to think that there would be a bad match you know, when that happens. Uh, then you throw the Nakamura factor in there. I don't know if that will help or hurt it. I, I guess it helps it's uh, maybe because it has a title involved. I don't know, but I, I don't know if it will – I don't know if the, I don't know if Nakamura – I think – what I'm trying to say is I think Orton and Hardy have great chemistry and they've worked together obviously many times years ago. I don't know if that chemistry will be disrupted or helped or what with uh, Nakamura in there. So have they said it as a triple threat with the three of them for SummerSlam? They, they haven't made it. A, they, there's no graphic that's been shown or anything. I, this is all assumptions. You assume such because... Makes sense. Nakamura has the title. So it makes yeah. sense. Right. Two of them will get involved. Um, yeah. Hey, they were doing something different. I, you know, I get it. I think that compared to uh, like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, I think if there's a weakness in uh, SmackDown, it's that I think the AJ storylines. Actually, this is a good back to back. It's the AJ storylines, and they Randy Orton kind of gets thrust in the limelight without motivation or reasoning behind it. So I feel like they're trying to fix both of those problems, and I applaud SmackDown for that. I agree. Um, this was cool last night. Lana versus Zelina Vega. It was cool, and I gotta say this. First off, that was not the match that I would have expected. They do this a couple times a night. That was not the match I would have expected them to go to break in the middle, meaning that meaning the match has to be longer, has to go two segments. And and they showed it picture in picture as they do for some of the breaks. I did not expect that. Obviously, I know Zelina Vega has is worked in the ring in, in her career prior to WWE. I know that she's you know got plenty of in ring experience. Lana obviously does not. She does not have as much experience. So I was for the first time with them working together on TV and considering Alana still is in you know not you know not as uh, doesn't have as much ring time I was just very shocked that they cut to break in the middle of that match but overall I mean it wasn't you know it wasn't spectacular but it wasn't uh it wasn't bad yeah you know and, and quite honestly you know all the talk of um, evolution and women's revolution and divas to women you, you can go back into that divas era and some of the girls that they had in the divas era I mean I think Alana for that six minute match or however long it was I think Alana did better than than some divas we had seen in the past so overall and I like the story. I like the Aiden English, Rusev. I, I like. I like. 
I'm, I'm excited because I don't know what's going on or what's going to happen. And I, I mean, I think it's going to lead to a mixed tag match. That would make a lot of sense. Um, That's cool. I'm into yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. I was, I was tuned into this. Yeah. I mean, there was no Molina versus Alicia Fox, but it was good. <laughs> Great line. Um, no, look, I think last night. It was funny, Graves even calling out Lana being like most improved. I was like, that's kind of weird. They normally don't tip their hand with that on commentary. Um, but I enjoyed it. Lana, what was different about her look? Was she wearing like different contacts or something? Like she had sort of a more intense look about her last night, and I thought it really worked given this competitive match. I don't know, I have to watch it back. I, I think maybe I thought I thought maybe at one point I said to myself, maybe her hair looked a little bit different. Like it was, but I don't know. Uh, it was it was good though. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it wasn't a bad match. I mean, there's the, you know they they've been they, they've been selling it on Twitter. The two of them, Lana did a freaking spinner Rooney. I mean, you know, it was pretty, yeah, pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, and so Aiden English tried to help, ended up distracting Lana. Zelina Vega rolled her up for the pin, and uh, we shall see, man. I mean, Rusev and Lana backstage. They're they're teasing something. It's either going to be mixed tag or they're going to pull the trigger maybe on Rusev versus Aiden. Um, but I thought this was good. Which I hope they don't do. I, I, they really, they Rusev Day really hasn't even got the takeoff. They, that could be a great fun trio. Um, so I hope that I hope that uh, I hope that it ultimately resolves and like Aiden English does help Rusev and Lana and it, and it helps it and, it and it and it pans out and works out for them. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, so the Miz and Daniel Bryan last night having a face off. With the Miz backstage. Now I'm assuming this was live with the Miz backstage. A lot of times they'll pre-record that, but there was too much back and forth, I think, for that to be the case. Um, is this living up to your expectations for a Miz and D Bry feud? I'll tell you what, that that last night was fire. You know, we talk, you know, we talk about Becky Lynch and straight fire. That back and forth was fire, and it did what is just it's it's proven over and over and over. When you when you when you pull from real life. People, it gets it gets it gets everybody it, it sells you know and that, that, that you can go back to Brett Sean Chris Benoit Kevin Sullivan Matt Hardy Edge anytime you're pulling from anything of real life um, it, it works and you know and so then the, you know so the talk of Indies and the talk and then Dan O'Brien basically saying you're not going to be the Rock you're not going to be John Cena I mean it, you know when when they when they take those kind of shots um, I thought it was great back and forth I thought it was really well done um, I, it got me. I mean, I was already excited for, you know, the inevitable match that was going to come. Um, but it got me even more so. The Miz talking about, you know, Dan O'Brien, why don't you made a mention of his contract? You know, so I, all those things, pushing on to those, those, those internet headlines, you know, I thought it was a really, really entertaining promo. I mean, and, you know, and, and, and the, the conflict between them feels real. It, it, it makes, you know, we, they, they did it for so long, you know, with Talking Smack and, of course, going back to the, the NXT show, uh, the competition show days, um, you know, and they're 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 and they're the exact polar opposite. You have the Miz, who is just the exact opposite background and everything than what Daniel Bryan is. Both not only as their backgrounds in the business, but how they are as people. They're just from two different worlds, and that makes for just some great, great. You know, the conflict is just you can buy in easily. Yeah, I really like the promo. Love that we're getting this feud. Uh, I'm like already sad that it's going to be over in three weeks potentially. Uh, I I don't think he's going anywhere. So, but yeah, have you watched uh, Miz and Mrs. yet? I, I I did not watch last night, but I did watch. I told Raj I got sucked in. I did exactly what WWE wanted. I just kept the damn channel on. And I got sucked into uh, <laughs> watching the first. I, and I keep looking up at it. And next thing I know, I was I was paying attention to the whole thing. So I watched the first episode. It was actually you know okay, not bad. I haven't watched it yet. I'm looking forward to catching up on both episodes. It's you know it's it's 
it's done pretty well. It's only a half hour, so it uh, doesn't drag on at all. Um, I, and, and the Miz and, and, and Miz and Maurice were both very entertaining in the in the uh, plot that they had for the for the season debut. Excellent. And then we had the main event last night, uh, Charlotte Flair versus Carmella. So stakes of this being the Charlotte wins, she gets to go on in the match at SummerSlam's major triple threat for the SmackDown women's title. Um, what did you think of this match last night and Charlotte's return? Good match. I, I think, you know, it's obviously Charlotte always puts on a pretty good match. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think Carmella, you know, I, I think it's cool to see these kind of matches because, you know, as Carmella alluded to, talking about real, she alluded to in, in her and her promo before she, you know, dropped the facade uh, to open the show, and she talked about how some, you know, how, you know, some fans think she sucks and she doesn't belong to be the champion. Yeah, I like that. I like that no. she was talking about uh, the crap she gets on Twitter. Yeah, and I don't know who. Do you know she made a mention of a, a WWE legend that said something? I don't know who the hell she was talking about, but, um, but anyways, you know, so seeing her in a ring, you know, nobody will dispute Charlotte's talent, and she's not somebody on the internet who's getting. Um, you know, just getting the kind of grief that, that Carmella might get. So, you know, to see Carmella hang with Charlotte, you know, it's kind of it's good, you know, good thing for her to just remind everybody, hey, I'm I'm here, I'm the champ for a reason. Yeah, I think Carmella, what we're gonna see, uh, you know, and what we saw last night was sort of a bookend. I mean, even to see how far Carmella has come in these couple months since her last matches with Charlotte, her confidence is just uh, through the roof. Sure, absolutely, yeah. And I'll be, you know, and obviously they they, they teased with with Becky's facial expressions backstage and watching, you know. Obviously, you know, things aren't going to be buddy-buddy between Charlotte and Becky for too long here. I mean, do you think they're going to turn Becky heel? Oh, I would not. If they turned her heel, that'd be a huge mistake, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. Uh, so, all in all, good SmackDown last night. Yeah. Uh, good SmackDown. You know, it, it, SummerSlam still doesn't feel like this mega show. Yeah, it doesn't have that big show feel that it normally does. Um, but... You know, SmackDown, I think uh, everything we've just covered, you know, at least there's there's a lot of continuity and a lot of, you know, a lot of we know the agenda for each of the stories, which is good. You know, it's not it doesn't seem like it's um, you know, other than the tag situation, it, it seems pretty, pretty focused and, and committed. You know, it's not just the shorter show. It's something about the bright lighting and the blue sets, I think, <laughs> that makes SmackDown just feel like a breeze to go through. Well, I have my degree in television uh, and broadcasting, so I can tell there you, you that uh, I can tell you that blue is known to be one of the best looks uh, on camera. So. Yeah, something about the red and the black on Raw—it feels, you know, it's different. It's not as upbeat. So, so now we're going to go by color alignment. That's, that's that's how we're taking our sides. I, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to figure it out psychologically. How, how did why? you feel? How did you feel about velocity when they use green? Ooh, I do like green. Green's the color of money. <laughs> color of the environment. You know. It's positive. I have positive associations with green. I mean, it's not like that purple on 205 Live. Yeah, the purple, uh, yeah, the purple doesn't sit well with me either. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just compared to Raw this week again. Like, I, every every week SmackDown is over before I realize it. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just yeah. a pleasant watch. Uh, so, what else we got going on this week? Uh, Nikki Bella, new statement on her relationship with John Cena. Why is this news? Are they done for good? Are they done for good, Justin? That's what they say. I mean, well, look, uh, after the initial breakup announcement came, we all speculated is it real or not. I mean, and then Cena was like over like in China half the time. So, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't, I, I guess there's no, no room to work it out if they're, you know, on different continents. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know when the story goes away. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I, I, it, 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 for my Wrestling Rally podcast that'll come out this evening, I, I put on Twitter a poll. I've been going back into the archives of old interviews I have. 
And this week, the poll was, which, which archive clip do you want to hear? And I tried to pick two people that were relevant. So I said, you can either hear, I can either play the clip of me interviewing Nikki Bella several years ago when, I, when she talked about John Cena asking her out and she talks about her new boobs. Or I can play a clip of me interviewing Dan O'Brien and him talking about getting hired by WWE and working with Kane and blah, 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 blah. And it won out with like, you know, 59 to whatever percent Dana Bryan. People are just sick of Nikki Bella and John Cena. It's just that they just don't want to hear it. Hmm. You know what's, uh, did you watch uh, Roast Battle this week with Dolph Ziggler? No, I watched the roast of Bruce Willis. Well, it was okay. I liked it. I mean, but compared to the, like, the Larry the Cable Guy roast... You know, or some of the great roast Comedy Central has had. I thought it was kind of tame. The Charlie Sheen roast. Charlie Sheen roast was was pretty darn mean. Joan Rivers one was really mean. I think the Larry the Cable Guy, for terms of like mean and unexpected comedy, that is my high bar for. I never, uh, and I never saw that one. I'll have to go find it. It's got like Gary Busey. Uh, uh, yeah, with anything with Gary Busey, it's yeah. gonna be, there's going to be a bar set. Uh, Marsha Brady was there. Maureen McCormick. Uh, she uh, did the thing. Yeah, it, the, the Larry the Cable Guy one is probably the, the single best roast the Comedy Central has ever done. I thought the Bruce Willis one was okay, and after that, Dolph Ziggler was on season premiere Roast Battle. Uh, he's been doing stand-up comedy. I've never seen his stand-up comedy before, but I'm actually surprised uh, he got permission for this because, I mean, he was completely uncensored. It's a very, you know, X-rated style of comedy they do, and uh, his timing was good. I'll give him that. I would hope so for as much as he's been committed is for as much as he's been invested in doing it. I'd hope that he's, you know, not doesn't go out there and fall flat on his face. So, um, yeah, I've never seen a stand up comedy either, but I mean, um, you know, he talks about it a lot on Twitter. He, yeah, he does. I mean, so I don't know if I kind of get the feeling and, and this is obviously this is just 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 looking from the outside and I kind of get the feeling like he's over being a WWE superstar. Like he like when I say over, meaning like not over as in like he's but like he's tired. Like he's kind of like moved past wanting to be a WWE superstar. He still does it because he knows that's what pays the most and that's what keeps like if he's not a WWE superstar, Fox News doesn't care to have him uh, and talk politics. If he's not a WWE superstar, he's just another comedian on an open mic night. But like I, I kind of feel like he's he, he uses it. He does WWE still because he has to for those reasons. But like he's kind of like he'd rather be successful at these other things. That's what I kind of feel like. Yeah. You know, if not for his current run with Drew McIntyre, I mean, I would say he's got a foot out the door. But it's interesting timing that now when he's the most relevant he has been in a while, that now he's he's doing this other stuff. Um, you know, prob I mean, not that Comedy Central roast battle is super prominent, but yeah, it just was a little sort of like, huh, that's weird timing. I, I feel like he's, I feel like we've felt that he's had his foot out the door for years. I feel like we're always hearing Ziggler's contracts coming up and he's always going to leave and he and always said this controversial thing in an interview. I feel like he's just been, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like he doesn't really actually want to be there, but he knows he has to kind of keep that up. Otherwise, you know, he can't, he can't, he, otherwise he's just, you know, Nick, you know, Nick Nemeth stand-up comedy. Not the best name. <laughs> but no, it's interesting. The WWE is not on board. You know I mean? Elias, Elias is getting a special on the network, you know, getting an album on the charts. You would think, well, WWE would want to get in on the Dolph Ziggler stand-up action. Dolph Ziggler's not. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's not. Uh, you know, head, head, he doesn't have his own Comedy Central special. Elias just 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 knocked out everybody on on the on iTunes. I mean, he you know so. Did he debut at number one? Did he get the number one? I don't know if he got the number one. I think he broke into the top ten, which that's for okay. a guy who puts out four tracks that is basically Weird Al Yankovic style parody <laughs> tracks and character. It's pretty impressive. I was surprised I saw that clip from the documentary they showed on Raw with a record executive being like, I have no clue who this guy is. I was like, oh, that they're going a little spinal tap with this. I like they haven't ever in kayfabe um, questioned 
Elias's claims. Well, that's I thought it was great because all of his songs, he sings in character and yeah. on the thing, on the thing, on the EP. And um, you know, obviously, the whole shtick about Elias is like you know that he's he's this phenomenal performer that could sell out stadiums, and he never finishes his songs on Raw. So I thought it was great that if he's going to be in character the whole time, that they have the record exec play along, going. Uh, I don't know who you are. I, mean, I thought it was, I don't know. It was good. It, it, I think it would have actually been weirder had the record exec and they acted like Elias was some big superstar. And, and I don't. I think it would have been contradictory. I, I thought. I thought. It was, I, thought it was I haven't well. watched it yet. I look well, forward to it. I'll have to check that out this weekend. Still catching up on uh, everything that I missed. Um, yeah. Oh, so uh, of course the sad news about Brian Christopher passing away that we talked about on Monday night's podcast. Jerry the King Lawler released a statement. Um, he thanked everyone for their supportive messages and uh, did make clear people have been talking that you know it was a suicide. But uh, Lawler saying that there may be more to this than meets the eye and there's talk of them hiring an uh, independent investigator to look into the incident. So he's asking people not to jump to conclusions about the cause of death. Yeah, that, that stuck out to me, too, that, that line of there might be more that meets the eye, but he couldn't talk about it, uh, which, you know, I mean, it's tragic, so you don't want to speculate too much, but, I mean, it, it makes you wonder, like, okay, so is, is, the, is, it, is, he, is, he, is he hinting that there's potentially that the, that the jail did some wrongdoing, that something, you know, so that's, it's unfortunate, you know, I, as, I, as I tweeted when I put out my uh, condolences, like everybody else when the news broke this past weekend, it's, you know, the fact that nobody should have to bury a kid. The fact that Jerry Lawler has to, you know, bury his son is just, you know, that's just Oh, very sad circumstances. I mean, given the arrest for the DUI, Lawler, you know, with the tough love telling him he was responsible for bailing himself out. I mean, this, this is just a sad, tragic story all around. And uh, I, I really hate that this business has no shortage of that. You know, how often do we hear somebody passed away peacefully at the ripe old age, surrounded by loved ones, not mired in some sort of dark scenario or well I, I think as the years go on and as you know as i get older and go to from, from 30 to 31 to 30 as we all get older it's true uh i think the the generation of of, of wrestlers in the last you know 15 10 to 15 years you will get some more happy endings of hopefully they are living for another 40 50 years to you know nice old ages and, and do die peacefully i think you know uh Brian Christopher, Brian Lawler, he still comes from that pre-millennium era of wrestling when it wasn't there wasn't as many regulations and and you know some you know, drugs and things like that could be easily found you know um, backstage or on the road and it was just more part of the culture. So I think you know I think WWE's done a, you know obviously you know they've been doing what they can do to take care of guys now with everything from the regulations they have to to rehab to to paying for rehabs and stuff like stuff like that. So I think hopefully as the decades go on. You know, we won't be hearing about you know, the other guys that we're watching right now on Mondays and Tuesdays. We won't be hearing about sad stories of them because they are in better lifestyles and they learned from the shortcomings of them of those before them. No, I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's just between that and Nikolai passing away, I mean, I just feel that. Uh, well, he looked. He looked. I mean, he was seventy. I mean, seventy's good. I, you normally seventy-five, eighty is sort of my my criteria for just you know triumph over life. If you get 80 years, I mean, I mean, and I'm not making light of this at all, but you see all the time, I mean, I especially go on Facebook and you see friends be like, oh, they passed away at 97. How tragic. It's like, if I go, if I lived to 97, do not say it was tragic that I died at 97. Be like, oh my God, he 
freaking lived to 97. How did that happen? Did you see how I, this guy eats? I don't want to live to 97. I don't, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I have kids, you know, so you, know, you want to live for a while to see them grow up and their kids. But I, there might be a point where I'm going to say, eh, I don't really want to go any further. You know, I, I think, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, 97, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a push. Yeah, you know, 80, 80, I think I'm good with. Yeah. Scarier part, though, 80 is like I'm over halfway there. That's a weird realization to how, have. How, how old are you? Five, 42 years old. 42. Yeah. And time goes faster, man. Time's all relative. I'll let you know when I get there. Yeah. Well, yeah Bruno. Bruno is a good example of someone who lived for a very long time, a very long life, came up in like the oldest school of eras. Uh, it managed to to go out on top. He, I mean, he is the rare. Not to uh, mention not, yeah, not, not to mention he survived Nazis and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Bruno is a, is a great story with that. I, th I think we talked about that with Bruno's passing. Yes, it was sad, but at the same time, oh, my God. I mean, this guy, what a life he lived. <laughs> yeah, no, and certainly. And you know, I'm here in Pittsburgh where he's where he, you know, settled and, you know, he's he's celebrated in, in, in so many different ways and places around Pittsburgh. So it's pretty, uh, I mean, it's a hell of a life. You know, I, I, I think I talked about it when he passed away, you know, one of the coolest things was spending uh, a five-hour car ride and then a weekend with him at the pro wrestling hall of fame when it was in amsterdam new york and it was him and us with him and dominic danucci and uh you know just I, I mean yeah what a life it doesn't even you know what what it just can't you can't do it justice just all the stories and all the experiences he's had both in life and in the wrestling business it's interesting mandy in the chat is saying that you know basically that bypassing the 80s and 90s in that era may have saved Bruno some of that damage Oh, I, that's, I think absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if, if, yeah, the fact that he was pretty much done by the mid eighties, um, and gotten out of the business, you know, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Who, you know, not, not only, not only him bypassing and not falling victim to any of the, any of the, the demons, but also just not, you know, just not putting his body through it, you know, not having travel, not putting his body through any more, you know, any more hell. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good point. So, uh, we're, we're trying to end the show on an upbeat note, people. I mean, it is very sad about Brian Christopher, about Nikolai. Um, yeah, this business, I mean, I feel like, you know, every other week someone someone passes away. And just I think it is a good reminder that everything does not end in tragedy. Uh, so all in all, SmackDown this week, solid show. Looking forward to SummerSlam. Oh, man. And then looking forward to Evolution. When do tickets go on sale for Evolution for the all-women's pay-per-view? August 24th. Okay. I'm, I might go. I'm going to see if I can get good seats. If I can get good seats, the wife and I are going to go. You're going to go all the way from California to Long Island. They they have airplanes now. Oh, do they? They do go they from San Francisco to Long Island? Well, not direct. Who goes directly to Long Island? <laughs> you know, I mean, we fly into LaGuardia or JFK and then, you know, stay in Brooklyn, someplace hipster like that. And then we, you know, take a lift or a train out to Long Island. You're really for, you're really for the all women's movement. You're going to fly cross country for this. Well, we were thinking about going to the Royal Rumble next year because we love the women's rumble so much. I mean, we thought this year was such a good pay-per-view, but to go to something like that, that's a first, I mean, the WWE goes all out for the first of anything with the women. And I think for evolution, I mean, we've talked about it, man. I mean, I've been wanting to see this happen for a long time. My wife's been wanting to see this happen for a long time, given that our biggest complaint whenever we go to a live event and drop, you know, a couple hundred bucks on seats, is there's one women's match. Like for us, this this seems, you know, the perfect opportunity. See, I'll go to the Rumble this year because it's in Arizona. and I would love to have Arizona in January. Yeah. <laughs> Tempe. Um, and it's a stadium this year. It's outdoors. 
Yeah, they're moving forward. Vince wants to do he wants to do baseball stadium. He wants to try to do some more baseball stadiums, and they're going to start doing more and more stadiums, like they did San Antonio for the Rumble a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean that's a big, big venue. Um, but Evolution, I mean, it's what like twelve thousand seats. For the veterans, Nassau. NASA. Yeah, probably, probably about that. Yeah, so I don't know. I think it'll be cool, man. Uh, I'm curious how it's going to sell. What's your prediction? I mean, I think the WWE has to have engineered this for a sellout. Uh, I think you will see. Um, well, obviously, it's either going to be Rat Rousey's. It's either going to be where she wins the title or her first defense. I think uh, I'm going to say that she's won the title by then. I could see her defending the title against Natalia. I think there's a story there, and I think it's also not only the best friend thing and Natalia turns on her, but you know Natalia Natalia has been around and been loyal for a long time, and she was she was the credible one when it was Divas doing pillow fights. So I think that WWE will kind of reward her by letting her have a main event spot in this uh, in this historic event. So I could see Natalia versus Ronda Rousey, Rousey right there defending the title that in, in, in New York that sells and grabs some attention. Um, you know, I think you could see Trish Stratus have a match. I, I got, you know, I would love it. I would love to see Trish Stratus versus Mickey James have the throwback. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's the, that's the match at WrestleMania that defines Mickey James's career. And it was a hell of a match. I still remember the, the one they've heavily censored on the WWE network. Correct. You know, I still remember to this day where I was watching it, uh, in college, you know, so, um, you know, I mean, I think, I think you'll get, I think some things like that, some great nostalgia acts mixed with, you know, Ronda Rousey, obviously, you know, and, and it's New York. So people, you know, New York. You know, New York, Philadelphia, every, you know, I mean, New England's WB's hotbed, so they'll, they'll sell it. I wonder if this is the one. I wonder if this is where they bring Cindy Lauper back to, to lead up to her induction to the Hall of Fame before WrestleMania. But then the terrible thing is that you know they'll make the theme. Not She-Bop, but girls just want to have fun. Exactly. Girls just want to have fun. That'll be the theme. It won't, like it, the, originally, it's what's that? It's either Cindy Lauper's Girls Want to Have uh, Fun or it's Motorhead's Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> girls Just Want to Have Fun, a song that was originally written by a guy about how many chicks he was banging and saying, hey, these girls just want to have fun. Is that true? Oh, yeah. That's tremendous. Listen to the original version. Sidney Lauper tweaked the lyrics to make it a feminist anthem. <laughs> but originally it was like, you know, I come home in the morning light, my mom's saying this, and it's like, hey, these girls just want to have fun. What am I going to do? <laughs> well, I still think girls just want to have fun will be better than, than you know, hearing Lemmy's voice scream, evolution, evolution. I mean, that's, not really, that's not really the women power that they're going for is... Uh... <laughs> Oh, God, I just hope, you know what my nightmare is? Is they get something like a Natasha Bedingfield or something where it's some, um, like, adult contemporary radio sort of uplifting anthem. And it's, you know, I want something with, with like, some some heat to it. Something that's got some bounce, some rhythm. You want some rock to it. You don't want just pop. Yeah. yeah. I think we can all get behind that. I mean, but that's going to be a big deal. I could see them trying to go for an iconic song. Um, I mean, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I think this is the one they could bring Joan Jett out for, for Ronda's entrance. That's a good call. You know, if this is gonna be like the women's WrestleMania. Then yeah, you gotta have a you gotta have a live band play play a big star. Yeah, Joan Jett would be awesome. Have you ever seen her live? I have not. She is uh, gotta be late sixties or maybe seventy now, but she rocks. I mean, she is just insanely uh, ferocious on stage. I wonder how much I, I'm always fascinated by this. I, I know Bischoff's talked about it with um, with using Jimi Hendrix. For Hogan back in WC. I'm always, I'm, I wonder what they've had to pay to use this for Ronda. Uh, it was probably, Ronda probably has a special license at this well, point. It's like I wa always wondered what they had to pay uh, for, I'm blanking on the name, but for Cult of Personality. For Living yeah. Color. Yeah, Living Color. Thank you. Yeah, Living Color is probably uh, more expensive. I bet Ronda, because she's been using it for so long, has, has a special deal with Joan. I would hope so, at least. Yeah, he would, yeah I hope so. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we will be back here Monday night 
to talk about Monday Night Raw. Myself, Matt Morgan, and the guy that's never seen the Goonies, Raj Giri. That's gonna be that's gonna be like his new descriptive description to him. It was just out of nowhere. I mean, it was just sort of I never would. And his favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future. That's what makes it even more mind blowing to me. Which I had I, I watched all three of them at at, at I can recite every line. So I didn't I didn't miss out on that eighties. Phenomenon. I haven't listened. I didn't listen to Monday's podcast. Forgive me. How the hell did you guys come up? How did how did the Goonies come up? So there was a famous scene in the Goonies where Chunk, played by Jeff Cohn, uh, is the character that gets captured by the the mob that's chasing them in search of this pirate treasure, and they're putting his hand in a blender and threatening him because they want him to confess about what's going on with his friends. Chunk has a breakdown and starts confessing every bad thing he's ever done, going back to stealing his uncle's toupee and gluing it on his face when he was in Fiddler on the Roof, to pushing his sister down the stairs and blaming it on the dog, to cheating on a history test. He has like this long history of uh, things that he's confessing. And we were talking about uh, Alicia Fox and Ronda Rousey and the situation with Alicia at WrestleMania getting up in Ronda Rousey's husband's face. And I said, if Alicia Fox were yelling at me, I would be like that scene Chunk in the Goonies. I'd be apologizing not only to her, but for everything I've ever done. Just please stop yelling at me. <laughs> Okay, now you put it in context. That actually is pretty funny. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but but there's it's an era of films. I mean, you have Back to the Future, Gremlins, Goonies. It's sort of the the Spielberg family of films that were all produced by Steven Spielberg, some directed or written by him. But the, there's it's it's almost a genre unto itself of '80s films. Yeah, you're de- you're definitely gonna have to get Raj to organize in New York next year for WrestleMania, a Goonies watch party with wrestling. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, what do you got going on the internet, man? What do you want to plug? At Justin Lavar, it's the home for everything. Uh, my wrestling reality podcast will be out uh, this evening, and then which I'll, besides talking about some of these topics and other topics that we didn't get to, I'll also like I said, go into the archive and play some Daniel Bryan. It's actually the interview that that day that I interviewed Daniel Bryan. I got a call later that night from Connor's mother, who would go on to be. Oh wow. And that's and that that was my first knowing of Connor. Her saying, "My son really wants to meet this guy, Dan O'Brien," and then myself and many others here in Pittsburgh started uh, making phone calls at WWE. So it's a pretty cool interview. So I'll play that. I'll have the link for that on my Twitter at Justin Labar, and of course, Chair Shot Reality video clips on Wrestling YouTube this weekend. Go subscribe and uh, binge watch the playlist of videos. Awesome. I'm uh, Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. If you want to read more of my shaming of Raj Giri for never seeing the Goonies, give me a follow because you know. I've just begun until he watches that film. Uh, I will be back here Monday night with Matt and Raj. Justin and I will be back here next Wednesday. And until next time, folks, take care, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast.